If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. And we are starting a new series for the month of March entitled Getting Stronger. Getting Stronger. And over uh, uh, the next four weeks, what I want to uh, be able to address are ways, practical ways, that we as believers can become stronger in our faith. And so I want to read you something uh, here in 1 Corinthians chapter number 9 and then give you some context to it before we kind of jump into what I believe the Lord has given me to share. So 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, and before we dive in, why don't we just go ahead and pray, get that over with so we can jump in. Ready? Bow your heads. Let's go. God, help us to get stronger. Amen. Amen. Y'all are... It's like you guys go to this church or something. It's unbelievable. All right, so 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, starting at the 24th verse, here's what it says. This is Paul speaking uh, to the believers in Corinth. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Getting stronger. Uh, When Paul talks to uh, the church at Corinth, he talks as a loving father who's both endeared to them, but has to discipline them as well. We talked several weeks back about uh, the type of atmosphere that was in Corinth, that it was uh, a very secularized place uh, that had been uh, taken over uh, by the Romans, uh, settled as a colony, uh, and it was an incredibly metropolitan, cosmopolitan area. Uh, you, there, there was people from every walk of life Uh, in Corinth. Uh, But Corinth had a very, very um, secularized context to the way that they lived their life. They they were the type of people uh, that if it felt good, they just did it. And so when Paul comes in and he starts to evangelize this territory, uh, it's very important to him that he's going over the disciplines of the faith, the very foundational things that make believers believers, that there is discipline to their life, that there is uh, a devotion to God that allows them to become stronger uh, in their faith. What's funny is that Paul describes uh, this type of discipline and devotion uh, by using the uh, Isminian Games. Now, uh, this was sort of like the Olympics that happened in Rome. Uh, These were, uh, the Isminian Games were done in Greece Uh, They were for the god Poseidon, the god of the ocean, and it happened every two years. Like the Olympics happened every four years. This happened every two years. And they had all of these uh, competitors come uh, to uh, vie for the prize, uh, which was to win in their uh, respective discipline. Now, uh, all of these sound familiar except the last one. They had track and field. Uh, They had uh, wrestling. They had boxing, but this boxing was more like like gangster MMA boxing. 
Um, it, it wasn't, you, you know, gloves on and a referee. Uh, they would wrap their hands up, but they could also, they would wrap them up with leather, but they would insert lead and spikes. And sometimes the boxing match could last four hours. So they went until somebody was knocked out. Or if they put up their finger like this, that's how they know that the other person has quit. So that was a little bit different from the boxing that we have now. Uh, but here was one thing in my research that I found that was very, very interesting. One of the competitions was singing. So like, Simon Cowell didn't make that up. <laughs> For American Idol, okay, there was Corinthian Idol. And they actually sang as part of the competitive sports. Just imagine you have track and field going on over here. You have boxing going over here. You have wrestling going on over here. And somebody else is like, Like, I don't even know how that fits. Like, how do you, like, in, in a real kind of coliseum and everyone's all, like, chanting for, like, death. And then they're like, oh, that person sings very good. <laughs> they also had poetry as a sport. Now, here's the thing that was different. Why I want to key in on Paul's description of why you have to uh, 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 train and discipline yourself to win the prize. In the Olympics, you have... Uh, three medals that you can earn in any discipline. You have bronze, you have silver, and you have gold. Now, here's what psychologists say uh, about these three medals and the people that win them. Uh, if you win gold, uh, they say that uh, you are the most successful and you are the most depressed because you have spent your entire life for this purpose. Now that you've achieved it, I guess it's all down here from here. So the people that are most depressed after they win a medal are the people that win the gold medal. The silver medalist people, they're the most tormented people because they spend their whole life thinking to themselves, I was just like one second away. If I would have just ran a little harder or swam a little stronger, if, if I'd have kicked more at the end, oh my goodness, I was so close to the gold and I just have silver. The happiest of all medalists. is the bronze medalist, because he's just happy he got a medal. They say they are the most stress-free, loving people. They walk around their city, hey! At least I got one. They're the happiest of all of them. It's fantastic. But in the Isminian games, there wasn't silver or bronze. You had to race and train to get the crown. There was only one winner. If you didn't come in first, you didn't get anything except a handshake and thank you for coming. And here's how Paul says uh, we need to discipline ourselves in the faith. You don't need to act like there's a silver and a bronze. We need to go for the crown. Now, before you think that I'm teaching a message that has to do with works, it has nothing to do with works. This is not about losing your salvation, so you better, you better do everything you can to live right, because, oh, if you slip for a moment, you might be disqualified from heaven. You might get your papers revoked. It's not the case. But there is a singular 
tenacious focus that Paul wants each and every one of us to have as it relates to coming into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay, so I want to give you three ways uh, that we as believers can get stronger. Okay, point number one, write this down. Discipline yourself. Discipline yourself. Here's what it says in verse number 25. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. Now, I want you to go to Psalms 119 and verse number 45. Psalm 119, verse number 45. There is a uh, love affair that I have with this particular chapter because I think all but five verses in the entire chapter uh, have to do uh, with loving God's word and his decrees. And if you look in Psalm 119 and verse 45, it says something here that I've committed to memory, and I hope it becomes inspirational for you as well. It says, I will walk in freedom because I've devoted myself to your commandments. I will walk in freedom because I've devoted myself to your commandments. Write this down. Discipline leads to devotion. Discipline leads to devotion. Whatever you start to discipline yourself to do, it will lead to you becoming devoted to that particular skill set or craft or thing. Comes down to discipline. You got to understand that, that, that the human body is the most sophisticated piece of hardware and software that God has ever created. To the point that uh, there's different uh, people that have different um, uh, time frames for this, but most people say whatever you do for 14 days or 21 days or 40 days or 45 days uh, becomes a new habit, becomes something that you'll do all the time. Uh, here's an example I like to give all the time. If you were to wake up every single morning at 5 a.m. and run two miles a day, if you did that for about 45 days straight, you could chuck your alarm clock. You could just throw it away. Your body has now gone and said to itself, oh, this is what we're doing? Okay. After about 20, 30 days, you don't even need your alarm clock anymore. Around 4.58, your eyes are going to pop open. Your legs are going to swing out of bed. You will be tying your shoes before you are fully awakened. And you will probably be down the street already running before you realize, why am I out here running in the middle of the street? Because whatever you discipline your body to do, it starts to do on autopilot. Here's what Paul is saying about our lives as believers. Your body is not the boss of you. You are the boss of it. How many times have you, have you talked to somebody and, hey, how are you doing uh, in your faith walk? And, and are you reading your Bible every morning or, or, or any time? I don't think there's like a sacred time to read your Bible. So let's demystify that myth right now, okay? You are not more holy because you get up at five. <laughs> I get up at five every morning and I pray for four hours. You don't have a job. <laughs> That's awesome. You're not holier than me. You're just unemployed. <laughs> or you're retired. 
If you work the night shift, you can't possibly get up at 5 a.m. and have prayer because you're already up. (laughs) The important thing is to have a discipline time to meet with God. And here's how Paul, here's how Paul wants uh, uh, you to have a context, a context to it. He says, I want you to do it like athletes do it. Discipline your body like an athlete, because the way that they go after uh, uh, their particular skill or their craft, it is intense, it is focused, and it is non-negotiable. And as David writes in Psalm 119, I, I will walk in freedom for I have devoted myself to your commandments. Do, do you know that uh, freedom uh, uh, in, in any area of your life will come because there's disciplines around your life? It won't be because you're just skipping along. You know what? I don't struggle in that area anymore. People that have come out of bad habits or, 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 or bad ways of thinking or, or, or behaving usually start to find freedom in that area because they bring discipline to areas of their lives that allow them to walk in that freedom. The way that David articulates it is to say, hey, I'm going to walk in freedom, not because of my will or not because I just woke up one day and said, hey, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to walk in freedom because I'm devoting myself to God's commandments. So point number one is to discipline yourself. Discipline yourself. Point number two, write this down, train yourself. You want to get stronger? Train yourself. Verse number 27 says this, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Now, uh, as you all know, I'm a wordsmith. I love words. And, and I was wrestling with uh, uh, the differences between discipline and training, because a lot of people think if you're disciplined, you're trained. And it's not the truth. You can be disciplined to do something, but never train to be better. Uh, there's a reason why uh, there are about 300 and, uh, or so players, three to 400 players, uh, on the 32 teams of the National Basketball Association. Uh, out of, uh, they're the best of the best, right? You've got about 400 guys that play uh, across 32 teams. They're the best of the best, uh, except that out of that 400 guys, there's still about 25 of them that are better than the rest of the field. And then out of those 25 guys, there's about 10 of them that are the best of the best of the best. They're all disciplined to play basketball, but some people just train in a different fashion than others. You may have been great enough to get to the NBA, but you're not, but you're not training your body in a different way to be an excellent player at the highest level. Some of the guys just don't want to stop eating junk food. I know a lot of people that come to church every single weekend, but they eat junk food during the week. They don't take the training seriously. They're disciplined to come to church, but the training is lacking. And here's what Paul is saying. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it's going to do. You're going to get up and pray. You're going to have time with God today. I know you're busy. I don't care. We're going to do it. Here is uh, the verse I want to give you. It's in Psalms 119 again, as you can tell. I love that chapter. Uh, But I want you to look at the 34th verse. 
The 34th verse says this, give me understanding and I will obey your instructions. I will put them into practice with all my heart. Give me understanding and I will obey your instructions. I will put them into practice with all my heart. Write this down. Training leads to triumph. Discipline leads to devotion. Training leads to triumph. I watched the, the last Olympic Games uh, and uh, Usain Bolt uh, over three different Olympics won nine medals. And I watched a documentary uh, that was filmed uh, about a year and a half uh, up until the 2016 Olympics. Now, this was a pretty bold uh, uh, thing to do because you're actually following the life of this guy up until his last Olympics where he's supposed to win. Everybody assumes he'll win the gold medal, but it would be an historic thing. And it's like, man, this, this, this documentary would be really, really terrible if he didn't win. Or would they even come out with it? <laughs> they would be like, scrap that, we don't want it out. If he wins silver, if he wins bronze, or what if he flinches at the line right before he's supposed to go and he's disqualified from the race? I mean, you're building your whole documentary based on the fact that you assume you're going to win the gold medal. Uh, here's how he did it. It looks like he's a natural. Well, he's taller and he has this big old stride. But this guy's training was absolutely unbelievable. And here's some of the things that I found fascinating when I was watching this documentary. The guy who was training him was short and fat. Like, you would think this guy would only listen to a guy who was as fit as him, who accomplished stuff like he did, and ultimately had had the same type of success. But no, here's why he was listening to the guy. Because he had a lot of wisdom, and he could see things with his eye that Usain couldn't see. Isn't it amazing sometimes we don't want to hear from somebody unless, they're on, unless we deem them to be on par with us? Sometimes when it comes to training, you have to check your pride in at the door. Sometimes you have to humble yourself and listen to people that you don't think are as accomplished as you, have had as much success as you. Well, what are you talking about? You've never done it. I don't have to. I don't have to have accomplished what you've accomplished to see you have pride. <laughs> That's kind of glaring. You can see that no matter how much you've accomplished or how little you've accomplished. He's listening to this little short, chubby Jamaican man, and he's getting upset with him. But here's the thing. He did everything he told him to do. The man's tra training was absolutely relentless. The, the exercises I saw him doing, I'm like, how do you even, I don't know how, to, like, he was lay down and get a ball on his foot, but then roll it up. I don't even know how to do it. I can't even explain it. It looks like it hurts. <laughs> well, he's doing all of these exercises, and it's hurting him. But he never stopped. Because he had his eye on the prize. In his mind, there, there, there was no second place. Uh, there's one quote uh, said about uh, gold medalists that, it, that it, it's not uh, about silver medals. I'm sorry. It's not if I don't win gold, I get silver. 
uh, it's if I, if I don't, if I get silver, I lost the gold. It's a difference of perspective. And I think uh, uh, my heart behind teaching this, mer- uh, uh, th- this uh, message and uh, teaching this series this month on getting stronger is to make sure that there's no area of our life as it relates to spiritual discipline with God where we're getting lazy. And the way that you safeguard against that is to make sure that the practical aspects of living out your faith don't cease. I've never seen anybody fall into sin or fall out of a close relationship with God who was disciplined and trained themselves to have time in the presence of the Lord. It it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen just, oh, I woke up one morning. Oh, my goodness, I just, I'm just not in love with Jesus anymore, and my faith is just uh, gone awry, and so many things have happened in my life. I've seen people go through some tumultuous experiences in their life, but their faith never wavered, not because they're superheroes, but because they're disciplined, not because they're uh, super Christians, but because they've trained themselves to respond the same way all the time when it comes to adversity. He says, if you teach me to understand your word, I will put it into the practice for the rest of my life. I I, I will make sure that I do this over and over and over again. So uh, point number one is discipline yourself. Point number two is train yourself. Point number three, write this down. Repeat yourself. (laughs) It was so funny Uh, This morning, I I was going over uh, my notes, and uh, Nathan came in the room. He said, hey, Dad, what are you doing? Now, you got to understand something about my boy. He's like, I know this might sound, I don't know how it's going to sound to you. He's just nosy. (laughs) Just like a nosy kid. I'm like, are you going to be an investigator when you grow up, or are you going to actually apply this to something productive? He's just, he's just, he's just an incredibly curious, inquisitive, nosy kid. And so if you're doing anything on your phone, he, you know, he doesn't just like come look over your shoulder. Oh, what are you doing? He sticks his head in front of you. <laughs> Who you texting? Get out of my business. You're eight years old. Why are you reading my text messages? And he's, what do you, I mean, he sticks his head right here, just comes in front of you. So I'm in the bed and I'm going like this. He comes in. Hey, what's this? (laughs) Discipline yourself, train yourself, repeat yourself. Discipline yourself. I get that. Train your, this is the conversation this morning. Train yourself. I get that. Repeat yourself. I don't get that. I mean, that doesn't even make sense to me. How are you going to repeat yourself? So I looked at him. I said, hey, you know how when you're playing your video game and you die, you start over and you do it again? He said, got it. (laughs) That was it. It's the whole thing. He was done. Here's Here's how I want you to have the application. Discipline yourself, train yourself, repeat yourself. What am I saying? Do it again. Discipline yourself, train yourself, repeat yourself. 
What am I saying? Do it again, okay? L let me holler at the ladies real quick. Your shampoo says what? Wash, rinse, There is more spiritual application on the back of your shampoo bottle. There's a revelation there. God's speaking everywhere. If you would simply listen. Oh, let me talk to the Starbucks junkies real quick. You go, order, drink it, next day. With your little weird, savvy Starbucks language. I just need a frap double whip with a little bit of caramel inside of your little dumb coat of coffee. It's ridiculous. When I go to Starbucks, I purposely do not do all the Starbucks isms. I just walk in, I'd be like, yeah, I need a uh, uh, chai latte. What size? Small. It's so passive aggressive. I just won't grande or whatever, skinny. I just don't do it. Small, you know what that is. Ain't nobody in Italy right now. Fall back. It's ridiculous. Can't take it. <laughs> it's passive aggressive. I know it is. I just, I was like, chai, latte, soy milk, no water. What size? Small. It's great. Joshua, chapter number one, verse number eight. Now, it, 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 here's, why, here's why I think repeating is important. Because God said to do it. <laughs> Joshua chapter number eight. I'm, I'm sorry, Joshua chapter number one, forgive me. Chapter number one, verse number eight says this. And this is God speaking to Joshua. Study this book of instruction. How long? Continually. Continually. Meditate on it day and night. So you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Meditate on it how long? Day and night. That sounds like a repeating thing to me. Now, can I, can I tell you something that you probably don't know? Maybe you do. Joshua only had, okay, study this book of the law. Do you know what he had? The book of Deuteronomy. He didn't have the whole Old Testament. Isaiah wasn't born yet, <laughs> okay? He didn't have Habakkuk write the vision, make it plain. So I don't, he didn't have the, the 39 books of the Old Testament. He had Deuteronomy. I just want you to think about this for a minute. The guy took the book of Deuteronomy, studied it day and night, and took over all of Canaan. All for one book, and it was Deuteronomy. <laughs> it wasn't like Psalms or Proverbs, you know what I mean? Some of those books that we, that we love in the Old Testament. It wasn't Jeremiah, for I know the plans that I have for you. He, was, he wasn't standing on that. Jeremiah wasn't born yet. He had Deuteronomy and beat up everybody and conquered all the territory with one book. We have 66. We have no excuse. As Juliet mentioned earlier about declaring our faith and standing and declaring for stuff to live and some things to die, we stand on the word for that. 
He stood on one book and was able to get all the promised land that God had had given to Abram, conquer it, allocate all the land to the Israelites and dwell there off one book that he read over and over and over again. Here's how he said, he said, here's how you're going to have success. Uh, You're going to discipline yourself, you're going to train yourself, you're going to repeat yourself. Do this over and over and over again, and you will have success. He says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then, underline that, only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Write this down. Repetition leads to revelation. Ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you that this Bible is the only book ever written that is alive. It is actually a living, breathing document that the more you read it, it reads you. The more you open it, the more it opens you. It's breathing. It's not dead. And when you commit your life to living according to what Scripture has placed In this book, you start to see success in your life. And my encouragement, my exhortation, my admonishment this month is you will not get stronger in your faith if you do not read his word. Well, I'm not a reader. Oh, I just can't stand reading. Um, get over yourself. Discipline yourself. Train yourself. Well, I just don't understand it. Start in a book that you can understand. Some of the Bible can be confusing. Not all of it. All of it's not confusing. If you don't believe me, go read Proverbs. If you can't understand that, you won't be able to understand anything. Repeat yourself. And the more you repeat yourself, you start to get a revelation of, you know what, Lord? This is what you want me to do in this area. Uh, This year, I've been saved 21 years. And I remember uh, Juliet mentioned this the other day. We were talking. When I started off as a young adult pastor, uh, we only met every other. I had never been a pastor. I was an evangelist uh, for a decade leading up to me being a young adult pastor for four years. And so as an evangelist, um, I had several sermons that I felt like the Lord would give me. Uh, But as an evangelist, the gift and call that they have is God could give them several messages that really bless the body of Christ. And so they have a a distinctive that's different from a pastor who has a message every single week as a feeder. Um, As an evangelist, you may have six or seven, eight, maybe 10 messages. And as you go to different places, God might say, hey, not that they're in ranked, but hey, do message number three or do message number seven, stuff like that. So I became a young adult pastor, and here's what was uh, terrifying to me when I first accepted the offer. I'm going to run out of stuff to say. 
I'm deathly afraid I'm going to run out of stuff to say because like I've I got like 10 messages and now they want me to do it every single week. I got to spread this out. So we na- we're not meeting every week. <laughs> if I'm going down, I'm going down like over a six week period, not over, <laughs> not over a two week period. So, so we, we only met every other week. And the Lord, who is just very, very gracious, uh, just l- kind of chuckled and blew the whole thing up. Uh, uh, where I was at the Potter's house, the, you know, they, they had uh, several conferences every year. So all the conferences seemed to land on the night that we were supposed to have our meeting. So, so now we were only meeting once a month. And everybody kept saying, we need to go to once a week. And I'm like, no, we don't. We actually just, <laughs> you know, just, you know, let's just spread this out. And the Holy Spirit finally challenged me, you need to go to once a week. And so here's what I did, because sometimes I'm a little bit stubborn. I just went to three weeks out of the month. I'm like, we'll just, we'll, we'll stretch it to three out of the four weeks. And the Holy Spirit was like, you still don't get it, do you? And I was still insecure thinking, I'm going to run out of stuff to say. Until I got the revelation about repeating, reading the book of this, th- this book of law. The more I read it, the more it had to say. Even if I was reading a scripture that I had read a hundred times, the hundred and first time, it had something different to say. Then I had to get over this, oh, well, I don't, if, I, if I teach that, then I can't teach it again. I got to come up with something new. And the Lord was like, there's, there's, what? If you do this a long time, you'll be talking about the same stuff. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Easter's coming up. Spoiler alert. He got up. (laughs) Here's your next spoiler alert. I'm going to tell you on Easter. (laughs) He got up. And we're not going to try to do a production and bring an angel down and make a paper mache rock and roll it out of the way. He got up. He just got up. (laughs) And every year on Easter, you know what I'm going to say? He got up. And every year on Easter, someone's going to give their life to Jesus Christ from that same narrative of the resurrection. Because reputation brings about a revelation. I don't want us to be a week in, week out, come to church, that was nice, I never pick up the book again. I haven't prayed since last Sunday. I haven't trained myself, I haven't put any disciplines in my life to really start growing as a believer. Listen, you can't upset the world if you're not a strong believer. And becoming a strong believer is not my assignment, it's yours. It's our assignment individually to make sure that we are disciplining ourselves, training ourselves, and repeating ourselves so that we can grow. So this month, that's all we're going to talk about. We're going to have everyone say the same thing for four weeks in a row to the point that you're like, okay, I get it. And guess what's going to happen after that? We're going to talk about the same Bible, same stories that we've been talking about for me, 21 years. And you can still go back and read David and Goliath, and you will still get a revelation about it 
Spoiler alert, David won. (laughs) My mom has this great saying. When it comes to the revelation that God wants to give us about his word, if it's new, it's not true. If I start coming up with some strange doctrine, and I've never heard that before in my life, and it's not anchored with Scripture, it's not true. Here's the second half of that statement. If it's true, it's not new. Repetition brings about a revelation. So this month, we're going to get stronger. Okay? Good. Bow your heads.